Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton. Joining us today for the BIV Technology Panel, it is Linda Faka, CEO of Glue Technology Society. And calling in from Toronto, it's Ali Pordad, CEO of Progressa. Linda, Ali, thank you both for joining us on the show today. Hey, Tyler. Okay, so let's start off with uh, concerns being raised about deep fakes. Those are those highly realistic doctored videos, and the technology is getting better and better. And there are now concerns what impact it could have on future elections, especially here with Canada having its own federal election this coming fall. And we know that two British artists recently faked a video of Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, in which he supposedly admits he controls stolen data of billions of people. Facebook, of course, didn't take it down because it doesn't violate its policies. So as this fake or this deep fake technology advances, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. Is there a big situation that is facing Facebook at this point, these dilemmas, especially when it comes to elections? I'll, I'll throw it to you first of all, Linda. Uh, there are some big, some serious issues as we get to these deep fake videos that can't be distinguished from between real and fake, even by sophisticated AI technologies. We're not there yet. The forensic tools to identify fake videos are lagging, but the AI tools to create deep fakes that can really fake us out aren't quite there. So we can tell that that's not Zuckerberg. We can tell the mouth isn't moving really as accurately as it would in a normal video. So I think we're safe for this election cycle from deep fakes affecting our um, election cycle or election in any serious way. But um, I don't hold out a lot of hope for the next four years. I think this technology is going to develop rapidly and it's going to be very tough to tell. Almost impossible. Yeah, Ali, I mean, is it up to Facebook to police this? They say that these sorts of videos don't necessarily violate their policies, but I mean, is this going to be more concerning as this technology advances? Uh, absolutely. I, I'm in full agreement with Linda and I don't, I don't think this is just a Facebook issue. I think this is going to be an issue that's going to impact every online company, including Google. I mean, Google has the largest uh, you know, online video platform in the world, but with YouTube. So I think Google has probably as equal here a responsibility, if not greater than Facebook, uh, to police this content as it, as it reaches the, the, the web, uh, as well as other video, online video providers. So, uh, you know, I, I have to agree with Linda. I think right now, maybe the Canadian election is safe. The, the technology is, you know, you can still sort of, uh, the naked eye can still distinguish it, but it's been evolving very fast. I mean, over the course of the last, even one or two years, we've seen this technology rapidly improve, and I'm actually quite concerned about what you know what the potential for um, you know if somebody's if, if someone's a bad actor, what what could happen in the next two years. Okay, and guys, another topic that we are finding more information about right now is uh, Huawei. It's delaying the launch of its foldable phone, the Mate X. It was originally supposed to be released this month, according to Chinese state uh, media sources. But now we're finding out it's going to be delayed until September. And this comes after Samsung delayed the release of the Galaxy Fold after reviewers kept having problems with the screens. Uh, Ali, were these tech giants just too eager to be first to market at this point? I think so. I mean, I don't know what the what the craze is to go back to these foldable phones. I don't know if it's a nostalgia thing or not. I know that uh, I think I read something recently that Warren Buffett is an Apple investor, but he still has a foldable phone. So maybe this is a take on on him or his followers. I'm not sure. It's just to me, it sounds a little bit crazy. These phones that we have today are are convenient. They have everything we need on a sink on a screen right at our uh, at our fingertips. Perhaps it's sort of the anti anti smartphone. Uh, you know, market going going for it and saying maybe this is a 
maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's to keep people from looking at their phones. I don't know, Linda. What do you think? Well, the ugly plastic screen with the crease down the middle would stop me from looking at my phone if I had it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I I guess they were going after the gamer market or this sort of um, mix between a phone and a tablet. I I agree with you, Ellie. I don't understand why I would want my phone to fold out to tablet size. Uh, It doesn't make it highly usable in my world. I have an iPhone XS Max big enough for my old eyes to see the screen well enough. And if I need a bigger screen, I'm going to head over to a laptop or a computer anyway. But um, Huawei's in big trouble with this phone, even if they did get it launched, um, because they're they're not going to have the Google software to run it this September, (laughs) no matter what they say, they're they're blacklisted. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is that I don't think these companies should be in a rush to, 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 to get these foldable phones out if, they're, if the software is not there yet anyways. If the Android operating system is not ready, if the underlying uh, you know, applications are not there, then why even come out with a foldable phone? Well, and then we look at what Corning is doing with their Gorilla Glass, their foldable glass. I don't know if you've seen those videos, but it can fold to a three or five mil um, radius almost. And so I think when the foldable glass is there, uh, that'll change significantly how appealing these phones are but to have a an exterior glass screen and then an interior foldable screen that clearly all the tests of the through the journal all the journalists showed that these are faulty screens they're getting peeled back and damaged stuff's getting stuck under them the crease is going to be an inevitable thing with a plastic screen and plastic screens aren't durable right they ding they scratch easier so yeah i think glass is where we what might break through the foldable market from something of an early adopter weird thing to maybe a little more mainstream, but I'm not seeing it. So uh, do you think then that maybe it gives a competitor like Apple to have enough time to do it right the first time, Linda, if they're seeing that the big giants like Huawei and Samsung are struggling with this technology? Or do you think it's just going to be too late for Apple to get in on the game after too many consumers are used to what the big giants are offering at this point? I don't know that Apple, would Apple do a foldable screen? It seems kind of finicky to me. They're a company of simplicity and design Mm -hmm. and, and the foldable screen seems to be gimmicky and unnecessary. I'm not sure they would go that way. And again, there's almost, in my opinion, 0% chance Apple would do it with foldable plastic. So maybe when, again, the glass hits the market, that might sort of game change this segment. And we might therefore see a real mashup between an iPhone and an iPad, perhaps. Um, Good question. Yeah. Well, finally, guys, uh, there's a tweet from esports company founder Will Hershey that went viral Monday, and it was documenting the downfall of Yahoo. And it's a bit of a sad thing, but essentially, if you want a summary of this tweet, he's summarizing kind of the timeline. 1998, Yahoo declines to buy Google for $1 million. By the time we get to 2019, he kind of uh, fills in all the blanks there throughout this tweet. But Google's market cap peaks at above $800 billion. Uh, Ali, for you, does, does it bring back any sort of nostalgia for what was Yahoo? It was something that I was on all the time. It's one of the first search engines that I had bookmarked and that I'd go to every day. Yeah, it's it's funny, Tyler. And I, and I don't, uh, you know, I don't feel too bad for Yahoo. I think that you know, I was doing a little bit of research on this, and I, I, I realized that Yahoo's still a top 10 uh, website in the world. So it's, it's hard to believe that because, hmm. you know, we, we just automatically think to Google and when we think of online websites. But Yahoo is still generating enough traffic to be in the top 10 in the world. So I don't feel too bad for them. Uh, I think they're still probably generating a substantial amount of uh, ad revenue from that. Uh, but you're right. I mean, they could have owned Google uh, along the way once, maybe even twice. I think they had a opportunity to uh, 
to buy it again a little bit later for two or three billion dollars, and they pass on that opportunity as well. So that's just the way tech works. You you know these things are happening uh, every day, and you know you only hear about them five or ten years later once the company's reached a hundred billion or two hundred billion. Yeah, in the old world where I work most of my time, we go over to the search engine settings in Apple's iOS, and you can change the search engine you're using to search the internet. And uh, there's the four options, and Yahoo is one. And my old people will say, "What's what's Yahoo?" <laughs> <laughs> I have an email address that says Marg at Yahoo, but uh, I don't know what it is. And so, you know, Yahoo has a search engine. There's not a lot of search engines in the world, right? So it's still got that technology. So maybe that's driving a lot of its website traffic. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I just tell them to bypass it. Well, as long as no one speaks ill of Alta Vista, then they're all in my good books here. So uh, both of you guys, I, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Linda and Allie, thank you guys so much. Have a good day. Thank you. That's Linda Fakas, CEO of Glue Technology Society, and Ali Pordad, CEO of Progressa. That's it for the show today. We'll be back tomorrow. You can find our archives on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Share with your friends. Help us reach more people. I'm Tyler Orton. Thanks for listening. 